Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys. So welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. So what I wanted to do today is introduce our guest first and foremost, but like always, just a brief rundown on the Imperfectly Perfect um, campaign for anybody out there that's just come across us. So within 12 months, we went international, basically disrupting corporate silence, disrupting social media, and wanting to change the narrative around mental health. So today's guest, why I contacted him was I saw a recent podcast with Tom Bilyeu. I've been watching him. I've been listening to him. Incredible motivational speaker worldwide. Anthony Trucks, self-proclaimed foster kid to NFL athlete turned serial entrepreneur. He's a family man, appeared on American Ninja Warrior, business owner, international speaker, and corporate business consultant. But none of these things define who Anthony is. He does things because of the way of his mindset operates. And the reason he operates the way he does is because of his upbringing and his childhood. His mission today is to impact those who impact, which is all of us. We have someone looking up to us in some way. We all impact someone around us in some way. We're all someone to someone else. So first and foremost, welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. A solid, solid uh, introduction, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's called Imperfectly Perfect for a reason. <laughs> so can I just say, watching you, listening to you for some time now, you are so animated, so full of life, so much about impacting and being of service to others. So to me, although all the impressive and amazing accolades that you do have, I tend to look past what people have achieved, even though I appreciate it, I congratulate it, but I look towards the internal dialogue and I look to find the struggle as to why they are, why they do what they do and who they're about. So I suppose I would love to take it back to the beginning. You're a self-proclaimed foster kid. Um, tell me about Anthony. Yeah, man, Anthony is a, uh, he's a weird dude, to be totally honest. Just, <laughs> we, all, we all have our weird things now, but I, uh, I came from a, a, you know, a kind of an abnormal background that, that really on paper, statistically, I, I shouldn't be doing this, right? So I was given away into foster care at three years old, me and my four siblings, three siblings, I'm one of four. Uh, and we just like, experienced a really tough kind of childhood. And if you look at statistics of foster kids in the world, 75% of inmates in American prisons are former foster kids. Uh, 50% of our homeless population has spent time in foster care. Less than 1% of us would graduate from college or uni. And, and so essentially, like I was kind of set up way behind the ball growing up. And, and I started out not knowing who I am, where I fit, wh you know, wh what I'm supposed to do, why does nobody love me. That feeling that we typically have of I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, that was my reality. That's how I was like my first memories of life are being like beaten and starved and tortured by random people that, you know, just was scary. So that's the beginning of my called developmental formative years. Right. And so through a lot of the different stages of life, I've just navigated more than my mindset, my identity. In fact, like I've, I've in my work, I do it's, it's all an identity and mindset has a place in that, but the anchor foundation is identity. And if you don't have your identity solidified, a self categorization, your mindset doesn't even latch on. 
And so over the years, I kind of built both, right? I, I ended up with his family. He's the only black person in an all-white family. So a lot of weird diversity issues and who am I? What's my identity? I was finally adopted at 14 years old uh, by this all-white family. Really, really poor also growing up. So I make a dumb joke that I grew up poor white trash. It's, it's a dumb joke. Roll with it. <laughs> uh, and then 14, I got a chance to do something cool, man. I got to play football, which is, is great. As a kid, like you to go do this thing. But for me, it was more than a game. Like it was a chance for me to find this thing that gave me some self-worth. Like I, I had to be this guy. And so I, I leaned in. At the same time, my adoptive mom got diagnosed with a multiple sclerosis. My older brother, I was one of six in that family. He went to the military. So like I was kind of on my own, it felt like. And just navigating the pitfalls of high school as a kid who doesn't fit in in different cultures. Like it was a non-diverse community. And I didn't even see other people like myself until I got into high school. So I'm like, they call me Oreo, which means black on the outside, white on the inside. That's what I got called a lot as a kid. And so, man, just never knew where I fit. And anybody that's never felt like they fit in somewhere, that was my, that was my roots. That's the foundation of Anthony's identity. And so wow. I found that at 15 years old, I really wanted something different. I wanted to be a great football player, even though statistics would say I shouldn't and would never be that. And I, I did this stuff that back then I didn't know what I was doing, but like I, I ended up putting in this work to be this person that I, I had no reason to believe I could become. And in doing the things I did, I, I essentially built this different character. I tell people what you create creates you. And for me, the creation was a stronger physical body, but it created a stronger, more confident Anthony. And that guy started kind of running my life a little bit different. And I got a chance to get a football scholarship to play college football, had my first son at 20 years old, which is a different identity, met my real biological dad the same year, different part of my identity added on. Fast forward a couple of years, I graduate from college, go to the NFL, National Football League. And in my third year, I lose my career to a shoulder injury. Now I have no idea who I am. I come home and now I've lost this thing that made me me. And anytime you have something that makes you, you, you've put so much into it, sports, military, I send a kid off to college, I leave college, I lose a job, I fall out of a relationship, these things that just, they shake the ground with which you are standing. You don't know who you are, you don't know how to fix it, you just kind of get lost in the ether and blown like a leaf in the wind. And that was me. So I started a business, but the business was tanking. My marriage, we'd had two more kids, we had twins, I got three now, that's falling apart. Like my marriage is just literally, my wife actually has an affair because... I'm at this gym business trying to build Anthony and make him have confidence again. And I'm gone from the family. My kids don't have a present father. I'm out of shape. And like, essentially, I, just, I, don't, I don't know who I am. And everything that made Anthony Anthony was ripped from me. And when you have no reason to be here, you choose to find a way to not to be here. And unfortunately, like for me, I had this moment of, of just an overwhelming sense of just grief and physical pain that I drove off one night. It was like, please tell my kids that their father was. Send a text message. Thankfully, there's no, no places open and it sold rat poison. It was like 10 o'clock at night and I just parked my car somewhere and just sat there and the wave of pain kind of subsided and it was this complete overwhelm replacement with shame. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, this is not the life you're supposed to be living. Like, this is just, it was this really weird dynamic of like, I'm supposed to be happier than this. I've worked so hard. I played in the NFL. Like, this isn't supposed to be life after football, dude. Like, what's going on? And so I started this path of trying to figure it out. And, and usually when it happens, you go into a super deep fog. Uh, and it's whatever you have, like, all this overwhelming stuff, you don't want to face it. So you try to find what you can face for that day. And mm -hmm. usually it's not the big problems. So I was in this fog trying to navigate the business. I get a divorce. I'm, you know, at one point I'm living in this 500-square-foot studio apartment with my kids sleeping on an air mattress next to my bed. I'm a grown, I'm 28, 29 years old, and uh, I have a gym business, and I got a 500 square foot studio. 
Like that's not the former NFL lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, and so I just, I just had this internal thing of, I didn't like myself. And when you don't like yourself, you, you don't take care of yourself. Like, why would you take care of somebody you don't like, mm-hmm. you don't love? So I, I essentially, I would just I'd party to hang out. I would, you know, drink. I wasn't a present father because I was ashamed of who I was a father. Relationships I would get into would keep falling apart. And, and eventually, unfortunately, April 15th, 2014, I was in a hospital with my dad and my mom, my grandma, and it was my mom's final day. I watched her take her final breath and it planted this interesting seed of like mortality. She's 47. And at the time I was 30 and I realized that as fast as life has felt till now, I could be here less time than I've already been here. And when that moment sets in, it's a different kind of feeling of like, wow, like there's gotta be more. We've gotta do more with our time. And it planted a seed of like, let me go out and try to make something of this crazy. Because this woman helped me reach a potential that was not supposed to be part of my life because of how she unconditionally loved on me. I was like, if I can find a way to carry her memory forward, it's got to be something in this realm. I was like, well, what if I find a way to unconditionally love in the world in a way that would help people reach their full potential? And then do it myself, right? I want to do it myself and, and then teach people that. And so I started doing that. I was like, let me get out of it. Let me cross my finish line. Let me figure this stuff out. And so here's the crazy part. Even with that thought, I still was in a fog for about a year and a half. I was, I was like, I want to do it, but I really wasn't fully into it. And it wasn't until I woke up January 1st, 2016. I traveled to Russia in 2014, gave in a presentation over there. Business had done fairly well financially, and I was doing some cool things. And, and I thought the Playboy lifestyle would be my thing. And as a man of faith all my life, like, it's the farthest I had fallen from my faith. When I played professional football, like, I didn't even cuss. And now I'm in this mode of Playboy travel, meet women kind of thing. And I woke up. January 1st, next to a woman who had flown from Russia, didn't speak English, completely purely physical thing. And I felt like the immense weight of the shame of what it, would, what it is to be me. I would never want my boys to do this. I would never want my daughter to see me doing this. I never want myself to see this. Like if my mom was to see me, she'd, be, she'd cry. And my God would not let me into heaven acting like this. And it was this, this kind of eternal, like, you got to fix this. And in doing so, it put me in this position to start really analyzing the one common denominator in all of my problems in life, me. So we're the one, we're the one person. We're the one that's, that's in all of those situations. And so like, I had to do some real deep digging and ownership and then have some hard conversations, like own up to my, my position in the divorce, in the, the affair. It was weird. Like, she made a crappy choice. I take nothing from her in that. But it took two people to get us to a position where she even felt she needed to make a choice. Mm-hmm. So I had to own that and have a conversation there. I talked to the guy she had an affair with. I was talking to people that had wronged me and stolen money from me. I, I, I rectified so many relationships because I realized those were the things that kept the most weight on me. And then in doing that, like forgiving my mom for putting me in foster care, my real dad for not coming around my entire life. But it gave me a sense of like, if I can do it for them, okay, I could do it for me. And so then I was able to turn in, turn a little bit more and start figuring out this guy and what he needed to do and, and it upgraded who I am and how I operate as a human being. That's really where my work is at. Identity is this thing that's hard to really get concrete, but if you think about it, identity is who you are when you're not thinking about who you are. When you're doing things without thinking about it, instincts, instinctual motion, just flow. And if I flow in a certain way that I operate a certain way, when I operate, how I operate determines how I perform. Yeah. My performance depicts my success. So most people are trying to perform differently, but they're not looking at well, what's, what's affecting your performance. It's how you operate without even seeing it. Buy the book, get the course, buy the coach, all that kind of stuff. But then you don't, even, you don't operate well with any of that stuff. Therefore, you can't perform the way you want to. You can't have success you're seeking. 
And so I started learning this back then. And, and, and what I did is I started applying it to my life. And fast forward nine months, it's like October, November in that realm there. I think it was like nine or 10. I, I end up getting back with my ex-wife. We fixed the marriage. We have an amazing marriage right now. She's a butthead, but I love her to death, right? I have kids who have a present father. I'm in shape. I have a business that runs and I get to give back because I've crossed a lot of finish lines that I can now turn back and tell people how to be able to cross that finish line faster. What I did that took me you know, 30 something years to figure out, I can teach people in three months now. It's not rocket science. It's just, it's tactical and strategic. And it's not this you know, esoteric soul, like spiritual identity, like, no, it's, it's tangible. It's who you are. It's how you operate. And that comes from me saying, I want to give back to the world in a way that my mom gave to me. And I want to leave this place in a far different position in the society's heart that I entered it in. Because I entered it by being this kid nobody cared about, not even my mom. I want to leave having left something really special behind legacy-wise for my kids and for the people that got to in, in, interject or interact with me in some capacity of my life while I was here. Wow. There is so much to unpacking all of that. And I'm just blown away. Like, so just honored to literally be in your presence and listen to that because what it always gets me is the fact that, first of all, you talk about legacy, and that's what I want to do with this campaign toward my kids. But you often talk about, and I've heard it so many times when I watch your stuff, people are either two different types. They're either led with the heart or the head. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about your story and everything through there, what I always say to people, and people are probably fed up hearing this, but <laughs> I'm truly thankful for the campaign to where it has got. But for my personal self-development, everything that you were saying there and people that I interject and help along the way, it literally, you can spend so much money on all these programs or anything, but unless you fix what's going on in that mindset and you really have a word with yourself, I always say it's that internal dialogue and really owning your truth and stepping into that. And you certainly have. And now you're on world stages and your, your motivation is just it's catapulted. But what I would say to you is when it comes to this campaign and why I've tried to disrupt social media on corporate, on the internal you was working on yourself, what have you found through social media and how big it has got in portraying the way that we're in this almost comparison syndrome where we look at other people's things? Because that's where I am trying to obviously disrupt it and go, hey, Anthony Trucks, on one hand, you have seen the amount of success he's achieved, but success to him is completely different to what it is to you. He's probably just happy paying the bills with his family, being of service to other people like myself. But on the external, people look at it and go, wow, he's never had issues. And that's what I want to break down. So what have you found with social media and the way that people are depicting other people's lives and comparing? Yeah, it's a, it's a very intricate dynamic piece because that is a humongous piece to all of it, right? It's interesting is there's a study that was came out 2019, 2018, I think 2018, it talks about identity and, and, and mindset and the duality of them and self-categorization. It's funny is people usually assume that mindset's the thing you need. And you actually said it a couple of times, you said the mindset. And it's, it's a very common thing to, to put together, but it's weird because it's vastly two different things. It's, I came out of the NFL, phenomenal mindset. To this day, I have a powerful mindset. But what's crazy is with that mindset, if I don't, believe I am that thing, that person, the mindset is useless in that area. I can affirm all I want and work real hard all I want, but the back of my head, I'm always like, yeah, but that's not you, Anthony. Like, that's why a football player comes out of football and like, we try something new, we feel way like a fish out of water. Yeah. Put me on a football field, 
I got you. Put me in a business room in the beginning. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I feel bad. But I know how to run real fast and work real hard. Okay. So the mindset piece of it, what's interesting is now you go to the realm of people work on their mindset and they go to Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and they still feel less than. Well, why is that? And there's a very specific piece because you internally don't quite know who you are. And you also don't know who you need to be. So you're trying to borrow somebody else's scale or their perspective of an identity. And so because of that, now you have to measure yourself up to their scale. And because you're not them, you'll never reach it. You'll always be forever like the imposter and not, not doing good enough. And because you're trying to compare yourself to somebody who you can't be. And it's not even you can't be like successful like that because you can at a certain level. But like you said, what is your version of success? Like for me right now, I'm wearing flip-flops and some basketball shorts with a hole in them, dude, I kid you not. Like I'm just chilling. And this, I love this part of my life. I am in season of dad. I love being home with my kids and hanging out. I don't want to be on stages as much right now. I love doing it, but like I want to be at home, go to baseball things and running around playing football. And like, that's what I love doing. But if I was to borrow the world scale, they'd say, you're not doing enough. You should be on a stage, run an event, push for millions, be on stage. Like, and that's, that's not who I am, right? So if I adhered to that and adopted that, I'd feel less than every day. Every day I would. And so what I tell people is when you look at the social media aspect, first off, you have to realize that that's a scale that is unset. No one said it, but you've said it in your own head about what it is and what it should be and how it could operate. And it's, it's, it's fickle. It's weird. So I tell people, go home, set your own scale. Set your scale of what would be great for your life. If you were to sit back and say, this is the greatest life I'm living if I could do boom, 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 boom every day. Okay, cool. And then what you do is, and you just have that be your scale. You can talk to one other person, I say, a person who's a little bit above you in success and your version of it. Maybe they'll stretch that a little bit, make you a little bit uncomfortable. But now what happens is you go along and do your thing and you accomplish this thing. In the past, I'd accomplish something and I would show it to people and they'd be like, yeah, but you didn't do this. So it just robbed all the joy I had from the thing I was doing. Yeah. Whereas now I say, hey, look, I did this. And they go, oh, but you could have done. I go, hold on a second. Let me take a look at my scale. Yeah, what you said, I don't see it on my scale. So I still feel good about my life, man. I'm gonna go to work. I'm gonna trust what I already created, right? Mm -hmm. And so now when you look at social media and like people go out, like I got a bunch of buddies who have millions of followers, Buku Bucks, New York Times, number one bestsellers. And I, uh, I love their success. I have no envy because mm -hmm. I know who I am. I know my scale and I'm ticking away at my pace. And I'm in joy. And the emotion, that your disposition, the emotion that you live in every day, it will determine part of how you operate, what you succeed or no succeed with. Because if you operate every day feeling less than, it's like going to a birthday party in a bad mood. Yeah. You're not going to have any fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But if I'm, if I'm in a better mood, because I'm like, hey, I love seeing him win. I'm able to see some things I can do to get there when I choose to. I'm having success here. I'm happy. I'm going to the birthday party happy, man. Put me in the pool. Like, it's a way different design of how my life is living. And so, yeah, too many people in a world nowadays we live in are letting, honestly, different topic, but same topic. Social media becomes the identity. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Social media becomes how I portray myself to the world, and that's my identity. And because I'm trying to do it in comparison to Tom, Susan, and Nick, well, now I'm trying to keep up with them, but here's a cool and crazy weird thing. When you post that video, and you know it's not really how you feel, you have a reminder you get to see every day of a lie you put online. And that, that eats at you in ways you don't know. Like there's this post I did a couple of days ago and it said, we are a sad generation with happy pictures. We're not addressing the actual roots of what's going on. So because of that, we're consistently being shown in our own feeds every day, 
by other people how much we're not doing and then the fact that we're possibly liars. Does that person want to go out and be bold in the world and expose himself? Not really, because what if somebody finds out? So we play small, protect that part of our identity and stay in this funky place. Or you say, hey guys, I'm human, I got problems and not every day is great. Some days suck. My wife and I for the last couple of days have been in a weird little spat about, she threw a blanket on my laptop on the bed and I was like, you're gonna break? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, but you could. No, I can't. I'm like, damn it, it's my laptop woman. Like this is <laughs> like this back and forth spat. And it's like, we're not perfect. I'm not gonna even sit here and tell you we are, but I love my marriage and I love what we have because that's the 80, 20, 20% 20 of the time. She's a nutso. That's she's human. I'm, I love, love, love this woman, but you're not going to see me online ever being like, we ain't got no problems. We're golden. No, I'm very happy, but I'm happy because I appreciate everything. I see what I have and I'm happy at the birthday party. We'll call it. Yeah. And you say there, you're not perfect. So I will put it to you as I put it to all our guests with the name of the campaign being imperfectly perfect. What does that sentiment mean to you being imperfectly perfect? Yeah, it's, it's uh, so I'm a man of faith and I think the aspect of perfection is, is an impossibility and it's okay for it to be an impossibility. I think the pursuit of perfection is a feasible thing, right? You may never find it, but the pursuit of it's great. Keep on chasing that carrot. Imperfectly perfect means that uh, the way I look at it is kind of that same thing as we are not supposed to be all the same person and all our life would be incredibly boring. If we all were like we're in the same clothes and all did the same things, had the same skill sets, if we were all sane, if everybody was sane, that would drive me insane. Like, I need to be able to laugh at the crazy people sometimes with my wife. I need those moments. Like, so we, we need to have the, the reality of like, I don't think that we should seek, this is weird, I don't think we should seek complete equality. And this is interesting coming from a black guy in America, right? However, I think we fully seek true acceptance. Because if I truly accept you and you truly accept me, within there is an equality. And I think the aspect of imperfectly perfect is essentially saying like, I am not perfect. I accept that about me, which makes me able to pursue a level of perfection within myself and outside of myself. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to be broken in some areas because you can still fix them. I think Trent Selton's a buddy of mine. He said one time, a broken crayon can still color. Very true. Very true. Well, I've got one more question before you go because I know you're a busy guy, but um, I, I just want to interject there and just tell you really quickly, everything that you've just said there was funny because I caught up with a friend, Jeff Fasano, yesterday, and he did a session with me and it was basically nurturing the inner child because a lot of us tend to suppress things from our, from our childhood and it just really comes to show in our later life. So I think anybody, have you ever had any, I mean, attesting to your childhood and what you went through and, and you've navigated your way through with that, with that strong ethic of yours. But has there ever been a time, and this is coming towards my last question, what would you say to somebody out there that is obviously maybe at a place where you once were for a little bit of advice? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is to share the depths. There are people that I've known for a lot of years I've never had deep conversations with, and I'm close to them because we've been time around each other. However, there are people I've known for a couple of years that I'm closer to than them. Because I, 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 a closeness is a connection, if you think about it. And the way you connect is not just the great stuff, but I need to know who you are in your heart, which is usually the hard stuff. And you're right, programming from kids, childhood, I had a lot of stuff I had to navigate. And I'm still, I still, there's things I'm aware of, but I think they benefit the world. Like, I'm a very selfish person 
person a sense of, I, I want a thank you for my work. I want you to say, Ant, man, great. I really appreciate you coming on my show. But you got to realize the only way that I think and know that I can get that is to come on here and truly pour everything out for the world. So in my selfishness, I'm serving. And I think that comes from me desiring to be desired because I wasn't desired as a kid by my own mom. And I'm aware of that. And I've worked through that. And, and it's benefited the world in a different way, right? But if I bottle it up and I have it come out, here's the thing. Whenever you have these things going on inside of you, they will come out. They'll come out in anger. They'll come out in pain, disdain, envy. Or you can choose the way that energy leaves your body. It can be in joy. It can be in servitude. It can be in, in trying to show up and do something better from what took place in the past. And so, yeah, I definitely, like I've had a lot of people and, and that I've dealt with. And I know someone right now is listening and saying, you know what, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff that's happened in the past. That's why I drink. That's why I cheat on my girlfriend. That's why I, um, I'm mean to my kids because, you know, it's just, this has all happened. Great. You're aware of it. Now choose the way you want it to come out because energy is energy, man. It'll come out the way you actually choose. You don't have to be, um, you know, mean and, and just, you know, vengeful to the world. That same energy can come out in joy and it'll actually heal that wound a lot faster and, and more like it's more desirable than any kind of anger you can pour out of you. Very true. And yeah, well, I know you might be selfish in that way, but I do thoroughly appreciate your time for coming on and pouring your heart out. I mean, what yeah. you do around the world for people is absolutely amazing. So where can people find out more information about you, Anthony? And if you've got anything coming up other than just enjoying being present at the moment with your kids? Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Anthony Trucks. Uh, if you want to figure out, kind of because I work in identity, where you're at with your identity, kind of what of four quadrants you sit, you can go to slowergo.co, just how it sounds, and take a quiz that figures out kind of who you are and what you must do to be able to get to the next level for your life. Well, on behalf of myself, on behalf of the campaign and all our listeners out there, again, I just want to thank you for your time. Guys, just simply head over to iHeartRadio or Spotify where you'll be able to subscribe. Take a listen to this episode as well as all our recent episodes and I will throw up all the links to Anthony. But as I say, once more, thank you for joining us today, Anthony. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number. 